Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the podcast, let's talk a little bit more about Point Ant and just how well he's been playing lately, how important it is that he's had the ball in his hands more often, both for his individual development and the Wolves moving forward, plus the significance of beating the Mavericks on Wednesday before a difficult road trip and uh, how tough it is to beat a the same team in consecutive games. I also want to look at the December 15th quote-unquote trade deadline and and just how many more options are on the table, what the Wolves may do. Also, some contract guarantee dates coming up for some Wolves players. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash NBA. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves take on the Mavs for the second time in, uh, I guess, what, 48 hours or so um, at Target Center again on Wednesday night. We'll talk a little bit about that here later. First, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever, really, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's absolutely free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. Again, Roku or Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. Don't forget the T, and also at B-Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, the story of the last three games for the Wolves is going to Oklahoma City, severely shorthanded, no Rudy Gobert, no D'Angelo Russell, and obviously no Cat, no Torian Prince, no Jordan McLaughlin, and a Thunder team that has played the Wolves really tough so far this season, had beaten them once, had played them tough two other times. The Wolves come out with a hard-fought win on Friday, and... Again, no D'Lo, no Rudy. So missing three starters, five of the top eight rotation guys, and they get the win. Then Sunday, D'Lo comes back, still no uh, still no Rudy Gobert. Nas Reed gets hurt after playing 12 minutes, so the Wolves have to ride Nate Knight in the front court. Luca Garza off the bench, you know, essentially their fifth big, is playing significant minutes in that game. The Timberwolves win on Sunday, and then they turn around 24 hours later and beat another, beating the Bulls Sunday, and then another team that's kind of in a tumultuous spot on Monday in the Dallas Mavericks. And by the way, side note, as of a couple of weeks ago, the Wolves were in a very tumultuous spot as recently as a week ago, right? And it's weird to play three consecutive games, albeit two against the same team, but two teams that now there's all these stories being written about the Bulls on Sunday and Zach Levine and people being mad at him in the locker room at halftime and, and essentially having a team a blow up among the players. And then of course the Mavericks have been discontent all season, the Luca ejection, the Jason Kidd ejection, both on Monday. And now they're sitting in a hotel in Minneapolis for 48 hours, kind of stewing over everything that happened, but they've been a mess too. And both these teams are completely discombobulated and the wolves for once are the team that actually looks like they have it all together 
despite the fact that the two best players aren't even suiting up right now. So it's weird. The NBA is weird. It's a long season. And remember, like literally a week ago, it was like the sky was falling for the Timberwolves. So things can change in an, an absolute hurry. Uh, but at any rate, the story of these three games, besides being shorthanded and winning, is really that Anthony Edwards has had the ball in his hands so much more often. With no D'Angelo Russell on Friday, Austin Rivers started at point guard and ran a lot of the offense. And then on Sunday against the Bulls, Anthony Edwards was the de facto starting point guard, or the de facto point guard, really, whenever he was on the floor. Even though D'Angelo Russell was, you know, did play, it was really Anthony Edwards operating offense for the Wolves. He did it, and he did it well. Um, you look at his game log, the last three games, Anthony Edwards has had seven or more assists in each of the last three games prior to these last three games. He had had seven assists precisely three times all season in a game, and now he's done it three times consecutively. If you go back a little bit further to that first loss in Portland, he did it then too. So of the, uh, what, six times he's done it this season, four of them have come in the last six games. So Ant is clearly seeing the floor better. He's having the ball in his hands more often, which which obviously helps. He's initiating offense more often. But it's seeing the floor better and it's being a willing passer. And Marnie Gellner and I theorized on the postcast the other day, I, I think it was after the, the Mavs went on Monday, that maybe it's a subconscious thing or or maybe it is a fully conscious thing that these Wolves players, primarily Ant and D'Lo, are saying, okay, we're not force-feeding Rudy. Cat doesn't have to get his. Let's just do our own thing. The ball will come back to us, right? Where you've seen, I, this is anecdotal, but it feels like Jalen Noel's even passing the ball more for, for a guy who um, is an efficient scorer for the most part. Jalen Noel um, can be a bit of a perimeter black hole, right? He doesn't pass the ball a ton, but it feels like the ball's snapping around the perimeter regardless of who's in the game for the Wolves. And I think Ant running point and initiating offense has really kind of been a catalyst for all of that. And another thing Marnie and I talked about is it's not just Ant bringing the ball up the floor. It's not Ant, you know, early this season, he was quote unquote initiating and that the Wolves would run a primary pick and roll with say Rudy and D'Lo or Cat and Rudy or Cat and D'Lo. And if the first read wasn't there, it was kicked to Ant and then he would kind of reset with a quick pick and roll or isolation at the end of the shot clock. That's not really initiating offense. That's having the ball in your hands almost as a hot potato, like, hey, go save us, Ant. Initiating offense in the way that Ant is now is that he's actually calling the play, starting the play with the ball in his hands, and is the one making those initial reads. And he's been really comfortable doing it. And again, those last three games are, it's extremely obvious. Um, Not related to that, but the rebounding numbers this season overall are way up for Ant. And it was only 10 days ago or so when I, when I did a whole segment of the podcast about how I was worried about Anthony Edwards. But that's just how quickly this stuff bounces back, right? I mean, he scored in Utah, he scored 14 points on three of 14 shooting in a game that the Wolves won by 10. Ant was one of the worst players on the floor for the Wolves. And then since then, he's been pretty much lights out. So since that, since that win in Utah, the Wolves have gone three and three. Over the next six games, Ant scored 24 points per game on just under 45% shooting, 47% beyond the arc, and averaging almost eight rebounds and seven assists per game in the last six. And uh, again, the the work on the glass, the efficiency, uh, relative efficiency offensively, and then um, you know the distribution, 
the relative lack of turnovers, I mean, seven total over the last three games, like that's palatable if you're going to score, if you're going to have 27 assists. So 27 assists to seven turnovers over the last three games for Ant. Again, a three-game two-rolls winning streak. You can handle that. That's not the end of the world. Um, so I think this benefits Ant, obviously, because when D'Lo, like D'Lo is playing now too, right? Like it's not like D'Lo's still out. Some of these opportunities came with D'Lo sideline, but this helps the Wolves understand they can run offense through Ant and D'Lo can be that spot up shooter. It could be that secondary playmaker, which is how he's best cast anyway. It was one of the reasons why way back at the time I was skeptical about drafting Anthony Edwards because I liked to D'Angelo Russell off the ball so much. Uh, if you listen to the podcast two plus years ago, first of all, thank you for sticking with the podcast. But I taught, I wanted the Wolves to draft Lamelo Ball. I thought Ball was a better fit next to D'Angelo Russell, and and you know I was worried about the defense. Um, and in hindsight, that is actually probably the biggest issue is that Lamelo Ball Dilo would be a disaster defensively in the backcourt. But uh, I was worried. I thought that Dilo was best served off the ball, and that Lamelo and Dilo could kind of play interchangeably. And I was worried that if Ant was on the Wolves, that Dilo would just end up straight playing point guard, and that's mostly been the case until recently. And now we're kind of seeing this unlocking point Ant has kind of unlocked, you know, off-ball D'Lo. And both are better for it. And here's hoping that those roles stay relatively similar when Rudy Gobert comes back. Uh, by the way, he's questionable for Wednesday's game against the Mavs. It could be as soon as Wednesday. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if Ant and Rudy could pick back up where their chemistry was in terms of improving a little bit recently. And then in a few weeks, Carl Anthony Towns. How, as these guys get reintegrated, how will all this look? All right, next I want to take a peek ahead at the Wolves' upcoming schedule. The significance of beating the Mavericks on Wednesday, a couple of key stats related to Dallas. We didn't do a, a, a preview of the Dallas game Monday, so I want to hit a couple things there. And uh, then we'll close by talking a little pre-pre-deadline in terms of trades, contracts that will be guaranteed for the Wolves' upcoming here soon. So we're going to do all that here next. First, though, today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life does not come with the user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to absolutely feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or maybe becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. That makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has access to over has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched, again, 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash NBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. A big thank you once again for making Locked On Wolves your first listen each and every day. Be sure to check out Locked On Sports today. It's the biggest stories around the sports world in under 20 minutes, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit, Mav- a little bit of Mavericks, a little bit Wolves schedule upcoming. Let's start with the with the Dallas matchup. So the Mavs, despite being fifteen and sixteen now on the season, and really bad vibes, especially you know, I mean, like I haven't watched a ton of Dallas games this year, but Luca's just kind of Luca, and the Mavs roster is certainly worse this season. Um, I mean, my preseason prediction for Dallas was that they would finish. But I have them seventh in the West. And right now that seems entirely possible. I thought they'd be around 500, maybe a little better because turns out you can't, I mean, that's what Luca plus a bunch of guys who are role players really is anyway. But also I thought Jason Kidd isn't actually as good of a coach as it appeared as though he was last season. I, I think we had enough track record of him to suggest that maybe that, that was a bit of an aberration and here we are. Um, but anyway, and also by the way, a telltale sign you know, outperforming or underperforming a team's point differential, that can be luck. It could be reflective of coaching. The Mavs currently have a positive point differential coming into Wednesday's game. They're a plus 1.4 positive point differential, positive uh, net rating of plus 1.4. And they're a game under 500. I mean, that's unusual. If you have a a plus 1.4 net rating at this point in the season, the expected win-loss or the Pythagorean win-loss, according to Basketball Reference, is 17 and 14. So they're two games worse than what most teams with that point differential would be historically. Um, So, I I mean, I don't know if that's indicative of good luck last year, bad luck this year, if it's indicative on some level of Jason Kidd's coaching. Um, It's tough to say. We're still only a third of the way through the season, but uh, there it is. In terms of defensive and offensive rating, the Mavs are actually the 10th best offensive team in terms of efficiency and 12th in terms of defensive rating. The Timberwolves, for comparison, are 16th in offensive rating and 13th defensively. So they're one spot behind Dallas on defense, but they're six spots behind them offensively. Um, And the Wolves have actually been the opposite. Their net rating is a minus 0.4. They are a game above 500. You'd expect them to be a game below 500 based on historicals or based on... um, on that negative 0.4 net rating. Um, I talked about this a little bit in the postgame pod, and I think on the live postcast with Marnie Gellner on Monday, but I mean, Dallas is a is a top 10 defensive rebounding team. I guess they slipped to 11th now after Monday's game, but they're number 11 in defensive rebound rate. They're 30th in offensive rebound rate. So it's a team that the Wolves should be able to compete with not, and maybe not dominate, but they should be able to beat them on the glass. And they did do that barely on Monday. They were a plus two. Now, there were a lot of points scored, um, so there weren't all that many rebounds to be had. But the Wolves are a plus two in the rebounding category. They should be able to secure plenty of defensive rebounds against a team that has no interest in getting them. Dallas's offensive rebound rate is under 20%, which means that exactly what it sounds like, that they're only they're not even one out of every five shots are they get an offensive re- or missed shots are they getting an offensive rebound on. And again, defensive rebound at 11%. Um, the Wolves haven't been anywhere near as good on the glass offensively as they were last season. So that's maybe matters a little bit less than it would have last year. Dallas is first in three-point rate. Nearly half of their shots in the half court are three-point attempts. And they're 14th in percentage. Um, we saw Spencer Dinwiddie have a big night against the Wolves on Monday. Besides him, Adavis Bertans obviously as well. Uh, but he played short minutes early and then did you know, did some damage down the stretch in what was effectively garbage time. But those are the two guys that are above 40% for this team. Christian Woods, just a hair under. Uh, Bertans and Dinwiddie are the two to look out for. Luka Doncic is, you know, 
not far from a career average. He's 34.8% from three, but he shoots more than eight per game. Um, but again, Dallas shoots more threes than anyone else. The Wolves as a team, opponent three-point percentage, still not great. Opponents are shooting 37.5% on threes against the Wolves. That's the fourth worst mark in the league. So the Wolves continue to concede made three-point baskets to opponents. There is certainly some noise there. Uh, you know, like there's just some bad luck. But there's also something to be said for that related to quality of, of looks, right? Our opponents getting open looks, uh, transition. That's another area where teams are getting tons of open threes against the Wolves because Minnesota's uh, transition defense has been so porous this year for much of the season, although it's been a little bit better of late. Um, so those are areas to shore up. And against Dallas is a good team to do it against. Dallas is 29th in pace. They don't play fast. They do try and get threes in the half court. But the Wolves, I think, actually have done a decent job defending three-point attempts in the half court to this point this season. Um, so this matchup's actually not bad for Minnesota. If Jade McDaniels can stay out of foul trouble and use his length to bother Luka Doncic, the Wolves can match up just fine everywhere else against the Bavs. And um, it's going to be, can you contain Luka? Which, again, is is really like, that's the only thing that matters when you play the Mavericks, right? Can you contain Luka? Can you do enough to make life difficult for the other role players? Really, Dinwiddie was the only guy that that really hurt the Wolves on Monday um, significantly. So, like, I think a similar approach. I think a similar approach to trying to defend Luka. Hopefully he doesn't get way more foul calls on Wednesday than he did Monday. Um, he still had plenty. Remember, Dallas actually attempted six or seven or eight more free throws than the Wolves, despite uh, the grievances that Dallas wanted to air during the game uh, at Rodney Mott and others, uh, other officials. But um, it'll be interesting. I mean, these these always kind of turn into, uh, they, they become a little bit more testy playing the same team twice in as many tries, um, you know, your very next game against the same team is kind of like playoff vibes, right? Uh, so we'll see what this looks like on Wednesday. It's important, you know, if the Wolves can win again and and guarantee at least not losing the tiebreaker to a team that they could be jockeying for position uh, or jockeying with for position in the Western Conference at the end of the regular season, that's important stuff, right? Um, and it's tough to beat a team twice in a row in the same building. The Wolves lost twice in a row to Portland last weekend, which again, like it felt like the sky was falling nine, 10 days ago, but here we are. Um, so certainly not easy to beat the same team twice in you know, 48 hours in the same building, but the Wolves have a chance to do just that. Uh, the other reason why this game is important beyond just winning and also the tiebreaker is just how difficult this schedule is about to get for Minnesota. Uh, they head out for another five game road trip following this game against the Mavs. And it's at Boston, at Miami, who of course has been underperforming, but Jimmy Butler's healthy and it's still Miami and Eric Spolstra and, and Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and the whole thing. And then the Pelicans, who have been just phenomenal, really a revelation. That's a team uh, that before the season, where did I have them? I had them eighth in the West. I had them a spot below Dallas. And right now the Pelicans are third in the West, tied for third in the West virtually. Um, and just a game behind Denver and Memphis, for the top spot in the Western Conference. Um, Miami, by the way, 16 and 16. They have been playing a little bit better of late. But of course, Boston has actually had their best record in the league for much of the season. They're now a couple, uh, they've lost a couple in a row and the Bucks have snuck past them by a half game for best record in the NBA. But still, at Boston, at Miami, really difficult games. At New Orleans, extremely difficult. And then at the Bucks. So you have the two best teams in the NBA, the third best team in the West, and an underachieving team with a superstar in Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat. Um, and then the road trip 
is over. I guess I said it was five games. It's only a four-game road trip. Only a four-game road trip. But then their first home game is the second night of a back-to-back next Saturday night, New Year's Eve, against the Detroit Pistons a week from Saturday. So the schedule lightens up a little there, and you get um, you know Houston and Detroit again uh, over the next, you know, really the first two, two and a half weeks of the new year. So it's really imperative to get this win, to get two above 500, going back out on the road, and into this murder's row of Boston, Miami, New Orleans, Milwaukee. Super important to get this win against Dallas. All right, let's close by talking a little bit, uh, salary cap a little bit, December 15th trade, quote-unquote deadline that just passed where uh, more contracts are, are uh, sorry, no, not guaranteed. That's the January deadline. Where players that were acquired in the offseason are now eligible to be traded. So I want to talk about that. And also contracts that will be guaranteed for the Wolves here in just a couple of weeks. So we're going to do all that here next. This episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, which is now underway, to, of course, basketball. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. They, of course, also have NHL, um, college, I mean, I said basketball, but college basketball as well. You can... You can um, Check it all out at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can also find those at Bet Online. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so over at ESPN, uh, their resident front office executive, former actual front office executive, Bobby Marks, longtime New Jersey Nets, and I think into Brooklyn maybe uh, slightly executive, but he broke down each team after we passed this December 15th deadline where more players are available to be traded. And then even more available in January and then February 9th becomes or is the trade deadline when virtually everyone is available to be traded. So... I want to quick rattle off some of the things he noted. Uh, he says front office discussions would be how do you maximize Ant? Do you turn Delo's expiring contract into a permanent solution at point guard, which I think you know one of the potential answers could be extending him. And then also, does Jaden McDaniels become untouchable to include in a deal? He has Cat listed as off the board because the restriction related to his contract extension he signed. Players with trade value. He's got Delo and his expiring $31.4 million. Torian Prince. He has as with trade value. He does, of course, have two years left on his deal, but that third year is not guaranteed. So it's this year, next year, he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2024. He's got Nas Reed, Jalen Noel, both very affordable unrestricted free agents, and Jade McDaniels, who, of course, is on his rookie deal and will be a restricted free agent. He has free agents in July listed, D'Lo, Bryn Forbes, Nas, Jalen Noel, Austin Rivers, Nathan Knight, controllable contracts, Anthony Edwards, Wendell Moore Jr., Jordan McLaughlin, Josh Minot, and then long-term salary, which he has separated from with trade value. He's got Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert. And then he talks through the draft situation, which is, of course, ugly for the Wolves. Um, I, You know, to answer his questions, maximizing the skill set of Anthony Edwards, I think we're seeing that right now, right? Surround him with guys that can make shots, active cutters, et cetera, and give him the reins. Um, can he do that with Cat on the floor? Can he do that with Rudy on the floor? Can he be a better pick-and-roll offensive player? Uh, the D'Lo thing is weird. We haven't talked a lot about this possibility in a while. For for the first few weeks of the season, it's because I didn't think any team 
ever would be interested in trading for D'Angelo Russell based on how poorly he was playing this year. But now he's completely turned it around. Do the Wolves, you know, if they teeter on the edge of playoff contention, do they really rock the boat by trading him? I kind of doubt it. I think they would need to really like tank and D'Lo, not intentionally, I don't mean that in that way, but like really lose a bunch of games in a row and D'Lo have to have to play well, dis, you know, during this losing streak for the Wolves to turn around and trade him and get something for him. I think you're probably not going to get requisite value because he's been worth more to the Wolves than anyone else. And... um like the Wolves are still trying to win too, right? So if he's playing well, you're going to get more value, but it's, but wouldn't you rather keep him at that point, right? Um, I thought it was interesting. He points out free agents in July, points out controllable contracts, but the Wolves actually have four guys whose contracts become fully guaranteed on January 10th. So as of right now, these guys do not even have guaranteed contracts. And I'm going to read the four names. There's somebody who's missing. Uh, who you might be surprised about. Austin Rivers' contract becomes guaranteed January 10th for $2.9 million, his vet minimum contract. Nathan Knight, $1.8 million, uh, becomes guaranteed January 10th. Nas Reed, also January 10th. And Jalen Noel, the same contract as Nas Reed on January 10th. So who's missing from that group? It's Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes actually has a fully guaranteed contract, despite the fact that he is playing the worst, well, What's it going to say the worst? Freudian slip, I guess. I was going to say the least of any of those players and also probably the certainly the worst of any of those players currently right now. And the Wolves also have, for what it's worth, you know, they're not the same player, but they have Matt Ryan now in a two-way and theoretically he is as good of a shooter as Bryn Forbes. Now Forbes has a much longer track record of success than Matt Ryan does and also can play the back guard, back court, can run point. Matt Ryan's much more of a wing, an under a bit of an undersized forward. Um, but at any rate, one wonders if Bryn Forbes could perhaps, uh, well, if he would be let go, if he, if he did have the partially guaranteed contract, but he does have a guaranteed contract. He probably isn't going anywhere. Austin Rivers with this recent surge, we talked about this on, on the postcast after Monday's game. Rivers has been a monster the last three games. Uh, I mean that he's been really good. Nate Knight's valuable. Nas Reed and Jalen Noel are obviously way too good to be making just 1.9 million each. Such a good deal uh, that they, that the Wolves got on both those guys. Gerson Rosas after, I believe it was after his first draft at the helm, um, signing Noel, the second rounder to that contract. And then Nas Reed, the undrafted free agent to that con- to, uh, you know, this, this partially guaranteed deal. So, um, Anyway, we'll see if anything happens. If Forbes had a partially guaranteed contract, I'd say it's it's maybe even likely he's let go. But I don't think the Wolves are going to cut Austin Rivers, Nate Knight, Nas Reed, or Jalen Noel. I just don't. Um, but back to the Marks article at ESPN, he basically says the Wolves don't have much flexibility beyond if they just try, decide to trade D'Lo and uh, you know, they have three second-round picks that they could trade, right? So you could trade Russell in a pick and get a player and a better pick back. Maybe the Wolves try to recoup some of those first-round picks they traded in the Gobert deal. I just really think the Wolves are very much in wait-and-see mode right now. And there's there's a reason why many trades don't get done until right before the deadline, right? Um, everybody kind of wants to see what they have, be sure that they know what they have, and feel confident about which players they need to bring in, which players they're going to have to give up. So as we head into trade deadline season, I mean, we'll we'll start to talk a little bit more about it. I just I I'd be surprised if the Wolves really rocked the boat, especially now. You know, I know it's only a three game winning streak, but they're eighth in the West. The West is all jumbled together. Talked a little bit about the standings earlier, but sitting here right now, this is coming into play on um, on Tuesday, I guess. Not that there were a lot of games, 
But the Wolves are only two games out of third place in the West, three and a half games out of the top two spots in the Western Conference. But at the same time, they're three games back of the Thunder or three games ahead of the Thunder for what is that? 13th in the Western Conference. So you have the Thunder at 13 and Denver at one separated by only six and a half games. And of course, there will be more separation as the year goes on. But there's plenty of of, um, of places for the Wolves to go quickly if they continue this this, uh, you know, modest winning streak forward. All right. That's all we have for today here on the show. Um, I don't believe we'll have the live postcast following the game on Wednesday. Um, Holiday travel complications, uh, you know, blizzard conditions, middle of the country, all that stuff uh, upcoming. And so likely not going to do the live postcast Wednesday. I'll keep everyone posted on the upcoming postcast, you know, holiday travel and schedules for both Marnie and myself. Uh, You know, we'll, we'll see, the next few days. We will have the regular Monday through Friday show with post game pods. So if there is no live postcast, say Friday, there's no Wolves game Saturday. There's no Wolves game, of course, Christmas Day. We'll be back on the 26th with a Monday episode and we can kind of recap the weekend that was as well as Friday's game if we don't do the live postcast on Friday as well. So we'll still do the regular show Monday through Friday, just the live postcast schedule maybe tweaked a bit. So stay tuned for that. But a big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. A reminder that you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find it wherever. You can also watch on YouTube and the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You, of course, can follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at my account, which is at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories, Thanks again for making us your first listen. Now make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.